welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I am Warren. You're Warren and? I just said I'm Warren. I, oh, and I'm musically challenged and, <laughs> and also forgetful. I, I have a feeling that a uh, hundred years from now, the word Warren will also have a new definition in the dictionary, and it'll say someone who is forgetful. It'll either say someone who is forgetful or uh, 46th president of the United States. In a hundred... Um, Elizabeth Warren. Oh! <laughs> ha! <laughs> K is funny, and I am obtuse. You're fine. So... This episode, as promised, we're doing something happy <gasps> and funny. And it won't require your screaming pillow. Woo! So long! <laughs> so this week we're going to be talking about the start of a genre of theater, specifically black theater, that got its start in the 1920s. We're going to talk about one of the earliest possible examples and most likely the first example of the church play, so or the church fight play. So we're going to talk first about our playwright, and most of this information comes from Black Theater USA and a little bit from Wikipedia, because this is a 1920s black woman playwright and most of her plays are gone. Oh. So, Ruth Ada Gaines Shelton was born April 8th, 1872. She was, that was a weird way of me saying 1872. See, and I didn't even notice. My brain just went, Ruth Ada Gaines Shelton. I was like, that's a cool name. Yeah. Uh, she was born in Missouri to Reverend George W. Gaines and Mary Elizabeth Gaines. <laughs> George W. Gaines. Oh my gosh. Uh, however, Mary died when Ruth was young. So she Aww. was raised by her father, who was the reverend. And he was a reverend in the African Methodist Episcopal Church, which was the first all-black church founded in the U.S. Hmm. Fun fact, allegedly, and I don't know how true it is because I'm not really in contact with that side of my family, my choice, um, one of my relatives back in the day started uh, the first AME church in the town that they were in. Allegedly. But I don't know how true that is, because I don't want to contact people and go, Hey, wh who was it? And can I verify this? AME, is that African American? African <laughs> Methodist Episcopal Church. Oh. <laughs> wow. You know, I swear I get dumber every day. No, you're fine, babe. You're fine. It's... The pollution outside's not doing anything to you, I swear. <laughs> it's, it's not the epidemic that... It's not the important epidemic in Utah. It's not the happening. <laughs> so, Ruth graduated from Wilberforce University in 1895 and moved to Montgomery, Missouri, where she became a teacher. It was there that she met her husband, William Oberon Shelton, in 1898. Dude, uh, middle name of Oberon? Mm -hmm. That is... Oh, cool. Okay. Whoa. I forgot... A rating for a second, and I almost uh, <laughs> gave him a very Warren compliment. 
What's really fun about this is that I know why Warren is excited about Oberon, and it's not the reason that most of our audience might think. Uh, maybe, probably, but... Or at least the uh, theater-going half of our yeah. audience would think. <laughs> and and actually, I think uh, you probably don't quite know either what I was going to say. Warframe? Well, I'm, no. I, well, I mean, yes, but that wasn't what I was going to say. Oh, what were you going to say? I'll whisper to you. Not much more on her life is available outside of what she is best known for, which are her plays. Like I said, only one is still extant. So most of her plays were meant for her friends, for church groups, clubs, etc., which might be why there's only one that's still around. However, there are some signs that some of her plays at one point or another were submitted to the crisis, like the one that we're covering today, since there is a program for Aunt Hager's children available in PDF form online. Um, but again, it's only the program, it's not the script, so not really anything that you can piece together from that. Her other non-extant plays, and thus not even a summary survived that I could find, were The Church Mouse, Gina the Lost Child, Lord Erlington's Broken Vow, Mr. Church and Parson Dewdrop's Bride, and of course, the one that's extant, The Church Fight. And that's what we're covering today. This play won the second place in the Amy Springarn contest in The Crisis, and it won Ruth $40 in 1925, so $40 of 1925 money, not bad. This is a first of its genre, the church fight genre, and we'll cover other ones later. <laughs> There's a whole genre called church fight? Yes. <laughs> and this launched it. Awesome. So, uh, we'll, we'll cover a couple, we'll cover some of these later, and I actually found a couple full productions of James Baldwin's Amen Corner online, which is awesome because that means I don't have to read it when we cover it. <laughs> I don't have to do a 1K production there. Um, but I wasn't able to find anything with Andrew Burris's You Must Be Bone Again and not much on Hal Johnson's Run Little Chillin'. If anyone has access to these, please let me know so that I can present them to Warren. Also, you'll like this, the show is not about racism or anything like that. You will not have to use your screaming pillow. You will not have to sit there and go, I'm about to build myself a time machine and go back and punch some white supremacists. Uh, which, and or grab the car and go out currently and punch some white supremacists. Uh, which is good because, one, I can't build a time machine. Correct. Uh, two, I yeeted my my screaming pillow mm -hmm. over there where I cannot reach. And three, um, I really don't want to get arrested. No, I don't want you to get arrested. That, that would suck. And four, I love you. I love you. And five, I love our dog. I, I love our dog too. And she loves us. I think I'm pretty sure she does. You provide me food. That's good enough. <laughs> so, um, the, the thing that this is going to be about is one of the main reasons that I left the church. Church politics! Oh, yay. It's an allegory for all of the stupid stuff that happens in it. So the names are all going to be allegories, which kept this play universal, 
and folks who've been regulars in a church and involved in the not so Jesusy parts of church will <laughs> recognize the characters. You mean the the tax exempt business portions? Exactly. Of it? Uh, this show is satirical and does things that weren't being done in plays at the time. It was poking fun at a more serious subject because church drama can actually be serious and tear a church apart. Um, and yeah. according... Yeah, you've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that at a church I've been to. Um, and according to Black Theater USA, you're not going to see this type of, tac of satire tackling the more usual subjects of Black Theater, so like the black experience that's fraught with racism and microaggressions from non-black folks until the middle of the 1900s, which will culminate in my absolute favorite satirical play of all time, which we'll cover next year, George C. Wolfe's The Colored Museum, which actually pokes at black theater. Really? Yes. It is so amazing. That's where when you hear me say, no more mama on a couch plays, that's what that comes from. <laughs> and we haven't gotten to a mama on the couch play yet. I was play gonna yet. say, and I still don't get that reference. I don't know what a mama on the couch thing is. But you will. <laughs> so, uh, our, just so that our audience knows the characters ahead of time, we're going to be following the brothers and sisters of this congregation. We have brother Ananias, which I'll explain later, uh, Investigator, er, Brother Investigator, Brother Judas, and Parson Procrastinator. <laughs> and then the sisters, Sephira, who we'll talk about in a sec, uh, Sister Instigator, Sister Meddler, Sister Experience, Sister Take It Back, and Sister Two-Face. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like I said, Universal Church Experience. My God, those names are so great. <laughs> Now, Bible nerds in our audience may recognize the names of Sapphira and Ananias, and I'm going to read the story for you from where this comes from so that you have that context, too. Okay. Because it does play into it. You can educate your heathen husband. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> I love you. The story is in Acts, which is the book of the Bible after the four Gospels. And it's Acts 40, so we'll do, read Acts 4, uh, 4 verse 32 for context. So, now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. That sounds like socialism. Exactly. Communism. Yes, it does. So that's Acts 4, verse 32. So now we're going to go to Acts uh, 5, verses 1 through 12, where we get the story of one of his disciples, Ananias, and his wife, who learned the hard way not to be greedy or lie about what they're sharing. This is going to be a different Ananias than the one who later converted Paul, but I digress. So... But a man named Ananias, with the, cons with the consent of his wife, Sapphira, sold a piece of property. With his wife's knowledge, he kept back some of the proceeds and brought only a part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Ananias, Peter asked, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, were you not or were not the proceeds at your disposal? How is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You did not lie to us, but to God. Now when Ananias heard these words, he fell down and died, and a great fear seized all who heard it. 
The young men came in and wrapped up his body, then carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter said to her, Tell me whether you and your husband sold the land for such and such a price. And she said, Yes, that was the price. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to put the Spirit of the Lord to the test? Look at the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you, they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and died, and when the young men came in, they found her dead, so they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And a great fear seized the whole church and all those who heard of these things. Jeez. Like, just, just, people just dropping dead. Just, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh, I done messed up. Like, you done messed up, Ananias. <laughs> you done messed up, Ananias. <laughs> so, there's, there's that sort of backstory for those two characters. So are you ready to witness the first church fight play? <laughs> yes. All right, let's go. Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our favorite people in the whole world? Heck yeah. Today, we would like to thank our stage crew sponsor, Jasmine Wu, and our producer circle sponsors, Bianucci, Reagan, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Today, I want to talk about a podcast called The Cut. Now, this is a barbershop-style podcast, so it's just a guy and his friends talking about sports, talking about current events, talking about politics, talking about movies, all sorts of different subjects. Now, this one is rated explicit, so our younger audience probably shouldn't be listening to this one yet, but for our older audience, I highly recommend it. Uh, all of the guys are fun to listen to, uh, they can bring in different perspectives that you often didn't think about before. I recommend checking out The Cut on your favorite podcatcher. And now, the lights are going down and the music's starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. So, what did you think about that? Other than that you are really, really stupidly cute. Like, <laughs> holy crap. Holy crap, is Kay cute? That is one of my favorite reads I've ever heard oh, you thanks, do. Because, God, there were like eight people that you were doing character voices and stuff for and it was just so cute <laughs> oh my gosh and i thought that was really entertaining and i'm like i really want to see a production of right? it because it was just so i don't know just so entertaining and, and uh just funny but because it basically is it opens up with this meeting of well okay so i guess first it starts with uh, uh, Ananias. The, and so Sephira. it was Ananias with the overalls. Mm -hmm. He's having breakfast with uh, Sephira, and uh, then they finish up breakfast. He's like, "All right, well, I guess I'm kind of to go to work and, and do do work stuff." And he tells his wife, "Now, if those those uh, was it the committee? The committee comes yeah, the around. Church committee. The church committee comes around. Um, what is he? He tells them not to." Oh, crap, remind me. Was it say that he says that they come around, tell them I'm not going to be a part of their... Yeah, just like, I, I'm not going to pay another cent to okay, the church. Okay, that's right. I'm not going to pay another cent to the church because 
they're having issues with the uh, and the names I'm having issues with Parson Procrastinator. Parson Procrastinator. Um, and then after uh, he leaves, Safira, she's like cleaning up the table and stuff. And I'm trying to remember, is it people come? Yeah, people then they come over to her house. Yeah. They're not at the church when they have this discussion. They all come over to her house after Anias leaves. And uh, did I say that right? Anias? Ananias. Ananias. Right. And uh, they're all talking to Safira and they're. And that's when every character comes in, all the ones that Kay listed. I'm not going to even attempt. Uh, <laughs> and they all start airing their grievances about the the Parson Procrastinator. And they're like, you know, we need to get rid of him. Uh, he's, you know, we don't like him. He's, we think he's shady. Uh, you know, uh, we need to get rid of him because the, the Parson in, you know, the town over basically said he'll, he'll come over and take yeah. over the church anytime, like kind of thing. And, and they're all airing their grievances about him. And, and, uh, one of the things is, is that they think he's embezzling money, mm -hmm. uh, because he bought himself a $7,000 house on third mm -hmm. street. And I'm sitting here going, dang, $7,000 house. That's something we could afford. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's, it's, you got, you were so stinking cute. Thanks. Holy crap. But, uh, and as they're airing their grievances, uh, it, the, the characters were funny because like, okay, they're in their grievances and then the parson kind of shows up out of nowhere. And I don't know, did they say how he heard about the meeting or no. was it just, he just shows he up. He just shows he up. He just, you know, uh, parson bombs the, the meeting about him <laughs> and... And he's like, what's all this going on? I hear that you're unhappy with me and blah, blah, blah. And like all the people who were complaining about face and they're like, oh, I haven't, I don't know. Oh, what was the line that made me laugh? And it had, I think it was, was it Two-Face who said, I know who said it because I was looking oh, right. Oh, Sister Meddler. Sister <laughs> Meddler. She's like, I know who said, you know, something naughty about, bad about you because I was looking in her face when she said, looking yes. in her teeth when she said it. And, <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> and the parson is kind of like, okay, you know, who was it? Own up. You know, if you mm -hmm. are going to say this about me, at least own up to it. And, yeah. And, and tell me directly you have a problem with me. And nobody will. And then he's like, okay. And then uh, they, and uh, was it, I can't remember who it was that brought up with the parson, the fact that he has the 7,000, they bought a house? Uh, sister experience, because she has been in a church fight yeah. before. And she was talking about, <laughs> we don't want to be in a church fight. Like, we don't. And because I, I, I guess I was a little uh, unclear on the church fight. Is it basically if half of the congregation votes to kick him out and half the congregation doesn't? And so they're basically at a stalemate. So they're stuck with a parson that they don't want. Yeah. Kind of thing, so that's the church fight. Yeah. Kind of thing. And just like because church fighting, it'll be over usually something to do with the parson or the, or the pastor or the reverend. But, you know, there's other things that you could be fighting over in the more serious aspects it would have been like when the elca was deciding whether or not to allow gay pastors and that's when they split and that's when they split but because i figured the number two reasons that uh there would be a church fight would be over how money is being spent the mm -hmm. donation money is being spent and what the pastor is teaching like what they're preaching yes. if they're you know, preaching nothing but fire and brimstone or if mm -hmm. they're preaching, you know, hatred versus love and yeah. stuff like that. Um, okay. And then after the, the, the parson is, is like, okay, own up to it. Who did it? And, and then they open up the ledger and they're like, Oh, well, can you explain this, uh, questionable charge about this $7,000 house? And I'm, 
I'm trying to remember specifically what he said, but he just kind of waved it away and dismissed it. Yeah. It was just kind of like, oh, nothing to see here. Let me see, because I can probably get away with quoting a little bit of it in here. Uh, let's see. Uh, do, do, do. So, uh, well, that's, so that's it, is it? Well, I want to be the one, or, well, I want the one who said it. To get up right here and tell me why they want to charge against me. And that's when you have them going, well, I never said it, but I know who did say yeah, it. Yeah, because I was looking in their teeth when <laughs> none she said of it. it. Is, or, but it's none of my business. And then, uh, yes, it is your business, sister experience. You know from your past experience what it means to have a church fight. Now, I want the one who said that charge to own it. And then because no one is saying who, who it was, who it was, he's just, goes, okay, fine. If you're not going to say who it is, I want you to strike it from the record. Yeah. And then, you know, scratch it out or something is what he said. And, and then he takes a vote, has them all take a vote. Like everybody who's in favor of me still being your, your, your pastor yeah. stand up and everybody stands up except for sister experience. Yes. And what was it? The, oh God, that was the greatest. The best that's the line. best line. They're like, what was it? Now, did he ask her why she she didn't stand. Yeah, it was, right. What is your objection, sister experience? I was counting all the liars. <laughs> yeah, I was just sitting here counting all the liars. <laughs> oh, God, that was good. And then he and then the pastor is basically like, well, if they're liars, put it down that they're liars and let's move on. He's just basically like, I'm fine with liars voting for me. Yeah. Like, kind of thing. <laughs> and what I love, though, is that you have Brother Judas, <laughs> Who is his best friend who would be there no matter what. <laughs> and he's the one who brings up... Let's see, is he the one who brings up the... Uh, he brings up that he's crooked. And he's oh, like, he's, you know, I he... wouldn't like for him to know that I squealed on him oh, earlier on. Okay. And then... <laughs> Because that's the thing is like there were so many voices and yeah. you did your very best, but and but I needed to see like yeah. people to to register that it yeah. was, he he was the one who said, oh, and that's why he's brother Judas because he betrays him. Yeah, because he he's gonna betray him, and then uh, after that, it's you know, sister Two Face being like, oh, ain't he a wonderful man? I don't think we could <laughs> ever get another one like him. Gosh, <laughs> yeah. After they're after she's talking crap about him, how they need to get rid of him, and then she's like, isn't he the best? We love him. And then I love Sister Medler after they're all doing their whole, oh, I love this guy. I would never say anything. It's just like, you all ought to be ashamed of yourselves after starting all this fuss and then denying it. Never mind. I'm going to go tell Parson Procrastinator. And then that's when it, the scene ends. <laughs> and then they switch it. And, and then, like, they're they're talking about, you know, oh, I'm glad I didn't say anything. I was the one who gave him that gold pencil that everyone thinks he got from this other married woman. And then uh, Brother Investigator is the one who leads the prayer saying, you know, oh, let's pray for forgiveness. Let's pray for obedience. And let's pray for the parson to find his way out of town. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I just, oh, I love... I just, I love this play. I love this play so much. It's a very short play. It's, yeah. which is, and I'm, I mean, because nah, nah, I'm not complaining, not because I don't enjoy it, but just because I know how hard it is on you to read these two-hour plays all oh by yourself. Gosh. But uh, what's funny is that one is entertaining enough. I'm like, that could be a little longer and be entertaining. Yeah. I wonder if, um, if, it's if, if it's performed, if there's versions where it's longer or not. No, it would probably just be performed, like, uh, by, it would be performed... Either in a night where a bunch of short plays are being performed, that makes or sense. 
that makes sense. Something like that, because I've I've done a few short plays myself before, and they're about this length. Some of them are a little bit longer, but they're. That's funny though. Yeah. I would love to see a a, a version of. I'd love to see a mm-hmm. production of that. Oh, me too. Me too. Because uh, a lot of these plays by female playwrights at the start of the century are going to be shorter ones. Uh, the one that I originally was going to do, uh, next, uh, for unborn children is about the same length, but I've kind of decided we're not going to cover that one because, yeah. I was going to say a hard one that is shorter, I could handle better than the long ones that are hard, but I know the next one you're talking about is going to be really hard. Is that one longer? Yes, but it's Langston Hughes because I decided to go with him instead because... That one thematically shows more what I want to cover than okay the for for unborn children. We'll probably cover that one again later, but I figure that this one will be this next one will be a lot better to cover it. So okay. yeah, so uh, you'll yeah it's. But I'm glad that you like this play. I do. I'm glad it was really entertaining. Yeah, it's it's something that. I like is the more humorous allegorical plays are great because you can do a lot with satire. Oh yeah. With if you do satire right, it's really really good. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I like about that is the way you were talking about it. Um, that it can be done any. It's timeless. Yes. It is timeless. Yes. So you really could do that play, and like I guess the only thing you'd really have to update. Period would be like the cost of the house. Yeah. You know, yeah, because everything else in it is could still be today. You know, maybe a golden pen instead of a golden pencil. But yeah, uh, in, uh, basically, other than that, it's it's like you could do this in 2020 and yes. have it take place in 2020. And yes, it would fit. It would be, should be just fine. And instead of the dinner bucket, it would be a uh... yeah. What was that with the dinner bucket? Oh, like in all of the uh... so so at the beginning after. Uh, his name is Ananias. Thank you. After Anna, I keep wanting to say Anison, which is totally <laughs> not right. Uh, after Ananias is leaving to go to work, and it, and his wife uh, Safira is like, "Don't forget your dinner bucket." And you were reading, and I want to be like, "What the is a dinner bucket?" Like? Dinner bucket. So I I should uh, pull a picture up for you because it's it's what you would have carried your bucket in before. Uh, before you had the lunch boxes and stuff like that. Okay, so it would have just was, been like a little pail. Ask, I was going to ask if it was yeah. a precursor to a lunch box. Yeah, it, it just would have, like in... Wouldn't uh, a lunch bucket be a better... No, because oh. it, it literally was a bucket. Well, I mean, it has a top. Yeah. yeah. A... And buckets okay. can have tops. My, okay, fair point. Fair my point. fish buckets do. But fair point, fair yeah, point. It's, it's... It's what you would have had before you lunch have box. lunch boxes and... You know, honestly, I'm looking at that. I think I'd rather have that. I mean, well, I guess it depends because, like, fitting of certain objects mm-hmm. would work better in one thing or another. But, like, oh, that's interesting. Yep. So, <laughs> dinner bucket. There's your dinner bucket. That's what they're talking about. <laughs> I love it. I'm sitting here going, have, have you ever seen... And I just remembered that, no, you've never seen the dinner buckets that we used to have other than... Like, the closest thing that you probably would have seen would have been the early metal lunch boxes like they had in 
uh, Tom and Jerry or in Looney Tunes whenever they yeah. have a construction worker. Yeah, I've, I've That's the seen closest thing that you would like have that. seen. Uh, you know, and it's very possible that I have seen a dinner bucket mm -hmm. before, but I just was like, that's an interesting looking lunchbox. I didn't... Yep. I've never heard the term dinner bucket. Yep. That's what it used to be called. And, and yeah, maybe we should get you a dinner bucket. We could take that to work. Just have this metal pail. Hey, I'd be down <laughs> with that. But the, but the only thing that, that makes my brain spasm slightly is eating my lunch out of a dinner bucket. I mean... My brain is not... I'd be like, it's my lunch bucket. <laughs> to be fair, it's not too far off from the thing that we call the Walmart pick three. <laughs> <laughs> the effort bucket? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that your dinner bucket would have been much more healthy. <laughs> True. It was before the days of... Uh, ready-made fried chicken <laughs> yeah it would, have, it would have been wrapped in a nice little gingham cloth and separated out and stuff like that so yeah there you go and it would have kept your food warm yeah that, that, that was the thing too, when i was pail. yeah when i sing the way that it was sealed i was like that makes sense because it would mm -hmm. keep things you know if you, if you had something you needed cold or hot like it would it would keep it uh yes a better temperature for your Welcome to Tone Deaf, the Dinner Bucket Podcast, <laughs> where we talk about dinner buckets in history. I'm Warren. I might be slightly hungry. <laughs> oh, that calorie drip is hurting. So, do you have anything else that you want to talk about with Church Fight? Or It was just entertaining, mm -hmm. and I enjoyed it a lot, and your read of it was really cute. Thanks. And I would love to see a production of it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's... It is, it's a lighthearted one, and I'm glad that we did it, because uh, some of the other ones were really, really, really hard, and, yeah. and I am very happy to see positive black history plays done during a time when a lot of things were really bad. Yes. So I am very, yes. I'm very grateful to know that it wasn't all terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, I mean, granted, the next one's going to hurt, but then after that, I'm going to start us on the ones that I found video for so that I can have a break. It'll save your voice. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I swear, the prep work for these is harder because oh, yeah. then I have to read the play all the way through and get ready for, mm -hmm. and it just, no, no, I'm so excited that, to do uh, Harlem is Heaven after the next one so speaking of the next one hit me with it uh we will be talking all about the tragic mulatto trope and then we will also be covering langston hughes play mulatto which is his only tragedy well not only tragedy but one of his only tragedies because he was more into comedic plays and musicals when he was writing them but I figure this is the best example for that trope for you that does a better job of it and won't make me too angry. Because <laughs> <laughs> some of the other examples really make me mad. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's next time. I'm excited. Well, I... Uh... 
you're you're excited to know more, but you're not excited for the subject material that you'll be learning about. I'm not excited for the pain, both the pain that you feel and the pain that I feel, but at least we will be sharing the pain together. Yes, we will be all in this together. Pain is better when shared. Yes, it is. That's why... Uh, is that the basket? Is Latte snoring? She is snoring. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't, I don't know if we just woke her up, but that was hilarious, hearing the dog snore. Latte does not care for black history. Well, she cares for it. She just doesn't care for mom getting upset. <laughs> she goes, I was promised happy things. Uh, to be fair, I don't, I don't like it when mom to gets be fair. upset either. To be fair. So, that'll be it for this episode. Well, for church fight so church thank fight. you all for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode sorry it's a little bit shorter but there wasn't as much to cover with hey, it hey these fine people are getting three episodes a week that's I'm true sure that uh, they are perfectly okay. really i should be ha keeping these ones to 30 minutes <laughs> with the ridiculousness but yeah this won't be happening next year <laughs> i have learned my lesson so um sometimes you got to learn a lesson the hard way yep sometimes you got to learn it the hard way and i sure did so we will be back in your ears on Friday with the Tragic Mulatto episode, but uh. you can follow us in the meantime on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. I guess not all the socials, because I think MySpace still exists, maybe? I don't know. Oh, and there's like LinkedIn and like mm, all these other Yeah, ones. and I have not set up a LinkedIn. <laughs> That would be a little... I don't think we need... Anyway, if you want to find links to places that you can reach out to us, you can check that out at ToneDeafMusical.com yeah. as well as our link to the uh, Podcast Junkie, the Cast Junkie Discord yes. server where we have a uh, channel in there and you can stop in and say hi. It is rated uh, not safe for work because I am inappropriate. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but hopefully funny still. Yes, he is still funny. And... Uh... If you want to hear our episodes early, join our Patreon at any level. If you want to hear bonus episodes, y'all can join our Patreon at the $5 level and up. And if you want shout-outs, that's three and up. Uh, and then if you want to go above and beyond, $10 is where you get a special message, which we should be getting some special messages in soon. Sweet. Hopefully. So I'm, I'm excited. excited to read those. Yes, me too. Because we've already read one for Bianucci on uh, her parrot's birthday. So, or gotcha day. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be good. So that'll be it for today. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone Death. Death.